continue this afternoon with our relationship blessings, and we're actually going to conclude with today's service. Today is the final um, piece of the puzzle for relationship blessings. How many have been here through this series? How many have been here through at least one of them? This is the fourth week. So if you've been here, um, also I'm going to ask a question right now. If you need a handout, a sermon handout, raise your hand. Uh, the ushers will pass one out to you right now if you need one. But we're on part four, and I've titled this one, Relationship Blessings, I Need You. How many know that you can't do life by yourself? It's pretty tough. You can attempt to do life by yourself, but it, you'll find out that it's really, really tough and really awkward sometimes doing life by yourself. Um, as Anna pointed out earlier, just a few moments ago, it's so wonderful to see your families that have gone on vacations and, and to hear some of the stories and and it's so much better when you do life together, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine doing that same trip wherever some of you have gone just by yourself. You would have had fun, but it wouldn't have been the same in terms of experience. You wouldn't have gotten back the, the, the memories. You wouldn't be able to share those going forward. But when you do life together, it's so much better. Amen? Amen. So today, again, I want to speak to you on the fact that I need you and you really need me, and you need each other, whether you realize that or not. And you need each other. I remember back when I was a kid, um, and I don't know if this is just a Hispanic thing, Ruben, my brother, but how, how many remember growing up, there was always people around, right? There was always family around. There was always extended family around. It seemed like there was always, every single weekend, there's a birthday party, there's a quinceanera, there's a wedding, there's something that we were going to every single weekend. See, like we were together with family all the time, growing up. But today it's a little bit different, you know? You ever see this picture? I know it's none of you people here, but you get home from work, you drive right into your driveway, open up your garage, just go right in your garage, your garage door closes, and you don't ever, some of you don't even know your neighbors. Some of you don't even know you have a neighbor living. In fact, some of you haven't seen your neighbor in six months, right? But that's the way, that's reality nowadays. We don't commune like we used to with our neighbors. We don't have those, those large get-togethers anymore. In fact, if somebody rings your doorbell, you're going in panic. It's like, who's at my door? Who in the world would come to my house today without telling me this? And back in the day, it was like, we got company, and, and, and the kids would be running to the front door to answer it, right? I know that wasn't just my house. Or, or the phone would ring, and you'd rush to answer the phone to see who's calling. Now it's, you're checking, do I want to answer this? You're screening your calls. But of course, none of you here do that kind of stuff. I'm talking about other people. So we've changed. Our modern-day generation has changed a little bit. Wouldn't you admit that? Amen. Relationships aren't the same as they used to be back in the day. And, and what happens is we keep our distance and we never get to know those around us. Sometimes even family members. We really don't get to know them. And so I want to describe to you a few people that maybe you've heard of. I know we don't have any of these in our church, but listen to this list here. It's not on your outline. There's, a, and I call these the high-maintenance people. Number one, there's the critic. The one that's always pointing out everything that's wrong. You know, the one that's always complaining and giving unwanted advice. Then there's the martyr. 
forever the victim. Everybody's, that, that person's the victim. Everything wrong always happens. It's never their fault. It's just, they're the victim in every scenario of life. They're filled with self-pity. Then there's the wet blanket. The person who's always seeing the negative always sees the worst. Again, I'm not talking about anybody here. Then there's the steamroller. Okay, you know who this person is. The person who's usually so insensitive to those around them that they just roll you right over and don't even realize that they did that. Again, nobody here is like that. Then there's the gossip, and we, all, we don't need to even go into that. Spreads rumors, secrets, and such. And then the final one I, I've called high maintenance is the control freak. The one who cannot let go of anything. The, the, the chair's got to be perfect. You know, there can't be any lint on the chairs. You know, the hair's got to be perfectly in place. The, the, you know, you got to, got to have the right lines on the pants and, and whatever it is. Maybe your closet is color-coded. You've got all the blues and then the whites and then the reds and, and all that good stuff. That's the control freak. Okay, enough about me. But maybe some of you could relate to some of those things. Maybe right now when I said that, some of you thought, well, I know that's my spat. Well, no, that's really me. Maybe some of you are, are hinting at that, and, and that's okay because really most of us have a little bit of some of those traits, whether you want to admit that or not. Because why? Because we're imperfect people. We have these traits going on inside of us. But here's, here's why... One of the issues of why we don't have relationship blessings in our life. Because we full well know that those issues are in us. And we don't want to be transparent with somebody else. So that they'll know that I'm a control freak. That I'm a gossip. That I'm a critic. That I'm a mart. Whatever it may be. We don't want to get to that point in our life to really become so transparent that they really know how I am. And that prevents us from becoming friends with somebody. It prevents us from truly having relationship blessings in our life. And again, I know none of you here are like that. Some of us would rather be holed up in a cave and not deal with people. Ever feel that way? I think for most of us, there may be days where we feel like that. Some of us... You know, there may be weeks we feel like that, maybe months, maybe some of us feel like that all the time. But um, I, I know I've felt like that, like, let me just go somewhere by myself and I'll be perfectly fine, Lord. And, and you know, I quickly realized that, okay, Lord, you didn't create me that way. You didn't design me that way to, to be holed up in a cave, you know, and I could put a, a spiritual spin on that and say, well, Lord, I want to get away to go pray. And really, I, I just want to get away from humanity. And, and the Lord is, is saying, no, I designed you to function with people, to relate to people. Amen? Amen. Now, here's what I, what I want to talk to you about today, is how to be an authentic community, authentic community relationships. You can't build them when you're holed up in a cave by yourself. You can't build them if you're just going off and going fishing by yourself getting away from people by yourself. Um, you have to have intentional relationships, amen? For example, Sundays here today, this isn't really authentic relationships. For the most part, it's, how you doing? Great to see you. Have a great Sunday. God bless you. Are we really having an authentic relationship? No. No, of course not. 
So you may come here, even have fellowship afterwards in our fellowship room uh, and, you know, share a meal, but we're really not having a relationship. Did you know that relationships occur in small groups? How many have been to our small groups? Men's group, women's group, whatever it may be. Raise your hand if you've been to our small groups. I believe that's most of us at one time have had been to a small group. That's really where you connect and grow. If you're not growing, if you're not connecting, it's because you're not part of a small group. And now that's your choice, but that's what I want to talk to you about, is that the power or, or relationships occur in small groups outside of these church walls. Outside of these church walls. So I want to speak to you again on connecting in our small groups, in our connect groups. And maybe you're thinking here today, well, I don't like that small group group you have or what you have available that's that's okay start a new one i've always teased and said if you want to start an underwater basket weaving class small group go for it you know what it's all about is connecting with people having values that are the same you know like for example in our napa campus we've had an auto class guys that just like to work on cars and they just talk shop and they hang out and and that's okay it, it provides a connection time. So whatever it may be here, it may be a, um, a basket weaving, it could be crocheting, it could be uh, airplanes, model airplanes, it could be anything you have an interest in to start. And all you got to do is say, Pastor Rick, I want to start this group. And I will give you the blessing so quick to start that group and run with it, and I'll help you get to that. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. So again, relationships occur intentionally they occur intentionally we have to work at it it's vital and when I began speaking on this series it wasn't just meant for couples it's meant for for your family it's meant for your friends it's meant for your co-workers it's meant for anybody that you deal with it's meant for any human being that is alive today that's I want you to have relationship blessings in your life amen Amen. And I want to talk to you real quick about three levels of friendship. But there's a quote from a famous author, and you may have heard of him, C.S. Lewis. How many have heard of C.S. Lewis? You've all heard of him. But I love this quote. Listen to this real carefully. Is any pleasure on earth as great as a circle of Christian friends by a fire? Think about that. Let me say that again. Is any pleasure on earth as great as a circle of Christian friends by a fire. How many have done that? How many could right now picture yourself around a campfire and being around family members and just having the greatest time? I mean, I've had so many times like that. I know you have too. And I can relate to that, 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 that quote there. That pleasure is tremendous. It's, it's wonderful to be around people like that. And it's so simple. It could be roasting marshmallows over a fire. And you're just hanging out. It's so much fun. But here's what I want to talk to you about. Three levels of friendship. How do we get to where we can become transparent and be real friends? And, and I'll just stop there. Some people are afraid of that word transparency. I don't want people to know how I really am. I don't want people to... Well, let me tell you right now. You will never, ever have a true friend unless you get to that point. And here's the type of friends you'll have. Number one, you'll have surface friendships. This is on your outline. Surface friendship. What's a surface friendship? It's the, it's the 
It's the Walmart cashier that you see when you go into Walmart and you know it's that same, it's that slow Walmart cashier. The one you get in their line and you're stuck. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize it was this, the slow one. But, but they know you and you know them by sight. That's a surface relationship. It's, a, it's the person who you see and recognize sometimes, but you can't place them, but you know them. You've seen them before, and you have, it's just on the surface. You don't know anything about them. Amen? But you say hi anyways, right? We all have those surface relationships. And then secondly, we have our structured friendships. These are the people that you, your coworkers, for example, they're structured relationships. You may not have picked them out necessarily to be your friend, but you're paid to be their friend, amen? They pay you to get along at work. They pay you to get along with these people at school. These are the structured friendships. It could be the soccer parent you see at soccer practice every weekend, the uh, music teacher at, at music practice. N- not necessarily the friend that you would pick, but they're, they're part of the structured friendships that you have. And then the third one, is solid and secure friendships. This is what we all want to try to get. This is built on unconditional love. Amen. Does anybody here, you don't need to raise your hand, but you have a friend right now that you can think of that no matter what you said or did, they are going to be there for you. You know, and that's great if you have that. That's great if you know somebody like that. That's great if you're that person. You need to first be a friend in order to have a friend, is how the saying goes. We need to be a friend first to have a friend. But, but we need to have solid and secure friendships. This is part of having a blessing relationally, amen? How many would agree with that? Yes. Solid and secure friendship. Yes. Loving that person regardless of who they are, what they did, or where they come from. Are you that friend? Are you that friend to somebody? Can you love them? Regardless of what they may have said to you in the past, regardless of what they may have said to you five minutes ago, can you love unconditionally? Because that's what a solid and secure friendship does. Amen? But you know what? You want to know the problem in the church world? For years, I'm talking about the church at large. The church at large has for years crucified people like that. For example, a person in the church... They, some sin is exposed. Some, some, they, they have a shortcoming. And, and the church for years has stabbed those people in the back rather than encourage them, come alongside them, and, and built them back up and restored them. They've crucified them. And far too many times, that's what ha- has happened in the past. And, and so, in other words, we have to develop these solid and secure relationships by building them up, by picking them back up. Because let me tell you, every one of us will fail at some point. We will fall. And, and I fall short all the time. The Bible tells me I am a sinner. I fall short of the glory of God. Yes. That means I'm not perfect. Yes. That means 25 years of marriage, I'm going to mess up at some point. That's, you can take that to the bank. And, and, and you will too. Yes. But we have to learn how to work on those relationships. We have to be able to forgive, number one. Yes. That's so hard. It's so easy to say, but so hard to do sometimes, especially when that person has hurt you. So let's not be that person that crucifies somebody, but let's be that person that picks them up. Amen. That helps restore them. That helps lead them back to Christ. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
Unconditional love means even though they miss the mark, you choose to love them. How much more did Jesus Christ, who sees you and I, even before we came to the cross, and sees our life, and He chose to love you. He went to the cross to die for you. How much more should we do that for those around us? Yes. Knowing what He did for us. Amen? Yes. Amen. How many here have heard of, uh, there's a pastor named Andy Stanley. He's, uh, he's from Atlanta. But he said the following. You will never be happier than your relationships you have. Let me let that sink in again. You will never be happier than your relationships you have. What he's saying is, if you're not happy right now, look at your relationships around you. What do you have going on right now in your life? That could be a big part of it. Those that are happy have wonderful relationships around them. And it starts with them. It's not the people outside of it. It starts with them. They usually have strong uh, communication skills or they know how to be a friend. And how many know that being a true friend is just being there for somebody? Yes. Just being there. Amen. Being there when they need you. Being there, just listening sometimes. You don't necessarily need to have the answers. You just need to be there and listen to them. That's being a friend. And Andy Stanley again said, you will never be happier than your relationships you have. How many would say that at one time in your life, there was someone that you loved unconditionally and spoke into your life? That somebody has spoken into your life? That would be most of us, I would, I would gather this afternoon. Look at your neighbor again and tell them, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. So it's, it's pretty clear that the Bible, the Bible teaches that life is not done by yourself. It's done in community and it's done with authentic relationships. Amen. You know, the number one, the very first relationship we hear of was Adam in the garden. The Bible says that he alone was there with God. And they, they communed, they fellowshiped every day. I, I would have loved to have just been able to get a glimpse of, of being in the garden and to see that relationship. Wouldn't you? I mean, how amazing that must have been. The closeness, the fellowship they had. But then uh, things, things changed as we know. As we read, uh, as we read Genesis, we know that uh, sin came into the world. And, and so what I want to look at now is what does biblical friendship mean? What does the Bible say about biblical friendship? And this is on your outline as well. Number one, few friends are true friends. And if there was ever a true statement, that's it right there. Few friends are true friends. How many have, don't raise your hand, how many have had friends that they thought were friends and then they backed out? When, the back, when, when your wall was against, when your back was against the wall, excuse me. How many have had friends that, that you thought were friends and they backed out? We all have. All of us. True friends are very few. Few friends are, are true friends. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24 in the Message Bible says the following. Friends come and friends go, but a true friend sticks by you like family. Amen. A true friend Amen. sticks by you like family. Have you ever said that to someone? I'll be right there. I'll be there for you every step of the way. Um, you know the saying, blood is thicker than water. How many have ever said that, right? I'll do anything for my family. Well, 
You know your spouse is part of your family, right? So you should do. You should be able to take a bullet for your spouse. Just saying. Just thought I'd throw that out there. I covered that a couple weeks ago. But again, few friends are true friends. Proverbs 17 and verse 17 says the following in the Message Bible. Friends love through all kinds of weather. Doesn't matter if there's storms or if it doesn't matter if, it's, if, if the water's nice and calm. They'll love you all the same. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Do you have a friend like that? I know we have our friend in Jesus Christ. The Bible says he's our true friend. But we need to have friendships among each other. Amen? Amen. See, once you accept Christ as a believer, you will go through trials. There will be storms that come at you. How many have experienced storms that have come at you once you became a believer? Sometimes mistakenly we believe that uh, as a believer, well, my life's been transformed. God's going to bless every step of my path. It's going to be filled with nothing but rose petals. I won't have another problem the rest of my life. No, you're sadly mistaken. Sadly mistaken. What, what the Word of God says, promises you, in fact, is that He will walk with you every step of the way. He will walk with you so that you don't have to face trials of every kind by yourself. You'll be able to face them with Him. Amen? Amen. So again, you will need true friends to help you go through trials. Some of you right now have on speed dial, you just click number one and you have your friend right there that you can call at any time. That you can just share what's on your heart. That you can just share and be transparent. Hopefully you have someone like that. Because that's really what what the Lord would want for each of us today. So number two, friends will speak truth to you. You know, I, I, I'm married, and, and those of you that are married would probably say the same thing. Our spouses speak truth to us, don't they? They have no reservation about speaking truth to us. And, and sometimes we, we hear it whether we want to or not from our spouse, and that's okay. They have permission to do that in our life. They have absolute 100 per permission and every spouse said amen. amen. And every spouse said amen. amen. <laughs> so Anna can say that, but when it comes from somebody else, it's like, well, I don't know if I like that. You know, it, it kind of doesn't settle in too well. And you're like, well, who, and who do you, you know, that's the first thought we have. It's like, who do you think you are trying to tell me something like that? Come on, you don't have to hide behind it. I know how, how it is. But we need to have friends that will speak truth into your life. Each one of us need to have a friend that will tell us, Hey, you know what? I noticed this. And I just want to let you know as a true friend that that ain't right. Or whatever the case may be. I know parents, we have no problem speaking into the lives of our children like that. But how many adults... Do you have a friend that can speak like that into your life? Hopefully you do. Are you able to speak into somebody's life like that? Because that's what a true friend will be able to do. Speak truth into your life. Proverbs 27 and verse 6 in the New Living Translation says it this way. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Woo! That one's deep right there. Did you hear that? Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. And that is a true statement right there. Yes. Amen. Friends will help develop you along your walk with Christ. Friendships will help develop 
that Christ-like attitude in you. You can't do it by yourself. Amen. That's why it's so important, this, this thing of small groups or connect groups. You don't like the ones we have? Start one you, you wanna, that you like. Start one with passions that you have. And uh, I guarantee you, you will be blessed. Amen? Amen? And then our third one is, friends refresh us. Friends refresh us. Proverbs 27 and verse 9 in the Message Bible says this, A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. Wow. How many have friends that you just ah, put a smile on your face, right? We, hopefully we have friends like that. But I know this too also to be true. How many know people that when you see them walk in the room, you're like, where's the exit? Where can I leave now? Like right now. I, uh, oh, it's just me? Uh, no, no. Of course not. It's not just me. We each know people like that. You may face them tomorrow at work and, and you're going, oh my goodness, I got to go. And uh, I, I think I told you last week, Anna and I were at a conference, at a leadership conference, and there was... This particular person, this gentleman that was just rambling on and on about, let me just tell you how we started the conversation. We're, there's a table of us, about 10 people, and we're part of that 10. We didn't know him from Adam. And uh, he goes, hey, anybody want to hear my joke? Anybody want to hear my joke? That's the first thing he said. He, this man's in his 50s, late 50s, and I'm looking at him like, are you serious? you got to be kidding me, right? He reminded me of a little eight-year-old boy. Wanting to, hey, hey, you want to hear my joke? I got a funny joke. And that's exactly how we came across. And, and nobody said, yeah, let, I want to hear your joke. But he went and said it anyways. And once he said it, I, I'm looking at Adam like, I, it's time to leave right now. And so we left. We got up and left. Hmm. But there's people like that. That you, as soon as they walk in the room or maybe as soon as they begin to speak, you, well, hopefully it's not here today, but you look for the exit. You want to leave. And um, we had that experience last week. But all of us here are either adding value or taking away from that friendship. That's my point here. We're either adding value or taking away from friendships. Ask yourself that question today. Am I adding value to my friends, to those that I have impact with? Or am I taking away from them? Am I decreasing value in their life? Hopefully you're not that one that when they see you, they want to run, okay? God forbid, amen? amen? Nobody wants to be that person who's scaring people away. Number four, friends sharpen one another. Friends sharpen one another. Proverbs 27 verse 17 in the Message Bible says it this way. You use steel to sharpen steel and one friend sharpens another. Friends sharpen another. We're better together is what that scripture is saying. We're not good. We're, we're, we're okay by ourselves, but we're much better together. Amen. Amen. I mean, there was, let's think back. There was the dynamic duo, Batman and Robin. Come on. Do I, do I have to list all the dynamic duos around? They're better together. And uh, friends sharpen one another. Let, let me ask you this. Did you know that who you are is what you attract. Who you are is what you attract. They, they call this the law of magnetism. There really is a, a law like this. It's called the law of magnetism. But who you are is what you will attract. Amen. And you'll see that throughout your life. Who you are is the type of 
people that will be attracted to you. So right now, as you're thinking about that, and you're thinking of your circle of friends, you're attracting them because that's what they see in you. Amen. Did you know that? Amen. Amen. Now, if that needs to be improved, you, you can see that right now. If that needs to be improved, then change the type of friend you are. Begin to have authentic, genuine relationships with people, not these surface relationships. Godly friendships work like this as I get ready to close, and I won't keep you too much longer here. How many are getting some out, something out of this this morning or this Amen. afternoon? Amen. Amen? Yes. We need to have friends, don't we? Yes. So the key to have godly relationships and friendships is this. You have to be the right person. You have to be you in, in a right way. You, have, you can't be somebody else. You know, when we're younger as kids, we always try to be somebody else. Well, I want to be like so-and-so. And I want to be like that. And I want to be like my big brother. And I want to be like my uncle. And I want to be like my daddy or whoever. Until so you realize at some point in your young life, hopefully it's young, you realize, well, no, that's not working. i got to be me. Amen. Raquel says, or I think it's my daughter, Bianca, she says at home, she'll just say this expression, just be you, Dad, just be you. It's like, yes, you're right. I got to be me. And, and I'll tell her, well, just be you. And you can't help yourself. You got to be you because yes. you ain't nobody else. You yes. got to be you. Thank you. God created each of us uniquely. Aren't you thankful for yeah. that? Amen. Each of you here is so unique. God created you especially as you are. Yes. Now accept that, recognize that, and begin to love that, that fact that he created you just like you are. Now, you're not perfect. He didn't leave you like this in a condition to leave you like that. He said, no, I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to work on you every day. And I'm going to make you in the image of my son, Jesus Christ, is what he says. But the key to this, to developing friendships, is to be the right person. Who we are determines how we see others. Do you know that? Who we are determines how we see other people. You've seen this, you know. The, that type of attitude. They don't see people down here. Because they can't. They're just busy looking up here. That type of attitude sees, uh, doesn't even see most people. Um, and that kind of attitude stinks before God. Pride stinks before God. Amen? Yes. Amen? Have you ever heard a woman say, Oh yes, all men are scum. Have you heard? I mean, you've probably heard something to that effect. Well, did you know that person had a, had a hurt in her life? At some point, there was a relationship gone bad at some point. Hurt people say hurtful things. Yes. Hurt people say hurtful things. If you catch yourself saying hurtful things to your spouse, be quick to apologize. The Bible says, yes. don't let your anger go down, uh, or the sun go down on your wrath, excuse me. Yes. Fix it, amen? amen? And that goes for any relationship. Fix it. Fix it. Each of us need to work on it. There's another, there's another point here. Commit time and energy to relationships. This is so important here. How many have also heard this term? Well, Pastor Rick, you don't know. This, this, our marriage is not doing too great. And, you know, the grass always, it looks so green over there. You know, that couple over there, they just seem to do everything right. And how come they get all the blessings and we don't? And... On and on and on. Well, you know why? First of all, let me tell you. The grass is greener over there. 
Okay, that's something you don't hear all the time. But the grass is greener over there. You know why? Because they're cultivating it. They're working on it. They're spending time and quality time on that. If you don't spend time on it, it's going to dry up. Let's go back to when you were first dating. Man, that man was out there opening that door for you, slamming that door with a little skip in his step. He'd bounce around to the other side, and you'd reach over, and you'd open that door for him. And, and both of you were cultivating your relationship. Amen. You're putting time into it, and you both go, honey, you're the sweetest thing since cheesecake. And on and on and on. And then now, sometimes you wake up and you look over and why is that? Because you haven't cultivated, putting time into it. You're going to get what you get. Amen. You know, I, I grew a garden this year. I, and in Vallejo, we don't have the best weather for gardens. Let me just tell you right now. But every year I plant cherry tomatoes. And they came out really good this year. But I had to cultivate the ground. I had to, I had to plant and, and I had to work at it. it, it they weren't just going to pop up by, by accident. I had to work at it. It's the same way with any relationship. You have to work at it. You have to cultivate. And, and yes, the grass is greener sometimes over there. And, and I, your lawn should be just like theirs, if not better. Amen? Yeah. Spend the time. Invest the time. Kids, even with your parents, invest the time. Cultivate that relationship. Amen? Amen. And then I want to recap here real quick. Just recap. Number one, few friends are true friends. Number one. Number two, friends will speak truth to you. Don't be afraid of that. Those are, that's a true friend. Number three, friends refresh us. It refreshes your soul when you have a true friend. Number four, friends sharpen one another. We're better together. Amen. How many would agree with that? Yes. Let's stand this afternoon as we close at this time. I want to pray for you this afternoon. You know, it's so, it's so important to have true friends. You know, we can get caught up in, in social media nowadays because everything's done behind a computer screen, behind a cell phone. And seemingly, you know, we may have 700 friends on Facebook and have 1,000 followers on Twitter and, and you think you have friends. Those aren't friends. Those, are, those may not even be surface relationships or friends. They're, they're not even acquaintances. They, they would just be maybe somebody you liked on a social media profile. A friend is a friend. A friend is someone that will stick with you. I want to challenge each of you here. Be that friend to somebody. It starts with you. If you're waiting for somebody to be a friend to you, it starts with you. You have to start first. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads this afternoon. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Lord, it, it really tells us how to have relationship blessings. It's filled with so much wisdom, your word. Lord, I pray for every single person in this room, not just the married, those that are single, the, the youth in this room. Lord, I pray for every single one, widows, widowers. Lord, I pray, God, that we would learn how to be a friend, first of all. You taught us, first of all, how to be that friend as you're a friend to all of us. You look past our shortcomings and you forgave us. Lord, help us to look on others the same way. To develop true friendships, 
to be that friend of somebody in need. And Lord, I know this, that when, we're, when we do that, it comes back to us. That when we have that need, yes. that friend will be there for us. Yes. That Lord, that when we're desperate and need encouragement, somebody steps up because you'll send somebody. And Father, I pray that here today for each one, that first of all, that they would be the friend they need to be. That they would start attracting the people around them that they know they should be attracting. That they would be transparent with each other. That means nothing hidden. Everything out in plain sight. Because yes, that's how true relationships definitely work. Yes. Father, bless those that are willing to do that today. Bless them, Lord, in the relationships. Bless them and honor those relationships, Father. So, Lord, we thank you today. I pray, Lord, that we'd go the rest of this week and we'd learn to develop those relationships and take them to the next level. Yes. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Lord, bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Amen.